Hi, Carl Weezer here, the real star of Jimmy Neutron, boy genius. While I'm finishing my morning croissant, I listen to Spoiler Country. You should too. Hey, hey, people of Earth, it's time to enter the Spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Kenrick. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on Spoilerverse.com. But... If you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcaster, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us, leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com. Johnny. Kenrick. It's, it's been some time. It's been some time, been but it hasn't just... Has, it's just the two of us. I know. Just the two of us. Because we can make Citizens of the Republic of Spoilerverse, welcome back to Spoiler Country. I'm Kenneth Regan. That's Mr. Horsley. And today on the show, well, it's a motherfucking free-for-all. Explicit. Dude, it's been so long. <laughs> this is what happened tonight, today. We just got off the phone with one Trevor Von Eden um, of DC and Marvel and a plethora of other things. He's a writer. He's an artist. He's an actor. He's co-created Black Lightning. We had an interview set with him tonight. We called him. We got him out of bed because we all we all mistook the meaning of time. So he thought we said six, which we always do around six, six thirty. Uh, which he was fine with, but he's on the East Coast. So six for us is nine for him, and he had gone to bed. <laughs> right? Gone to bed like a good person getting their good nights of sleep back like yeah, an adult. But he was very nice and very gracious about the whole thing. He said, let's reschedule. It'll be fine. Um, and we, we had a good laugh at the end of it because it was an honest mistake on all parties. Right. It was. And it's going to be fun to talk with him when we do. But instead of getting that, we're doing an episode of like you and me talking, which is good. You'll hear me talk more than normal. Yeah. 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 It's, it's weird. <laughs> How you been, man? What's going on in the world of Horsley? Oh man, dude, things are crazy in the world of Horsley. As you know, you bought a um, house, <laughs> bought a new house. I mean, again, uh, <laughs> right, again, within, we bought a house 18 months ago and just bought another house. Now wasn't and, even I mean, 18 months. Buy a second house. Wasn't like 15 months ago. Uh, we moved into the house that I'm sitting in right now in April of 2019. So that was, and so yeah, that's 15 months ago. Wow. That's yeah, nuts. So, well, the new house is, is, is on some well, land. Yeah. So, the new house is beatish. <laughs> it is beatish. I don't want to brag too much about it. Cause people don't tell me it's not a good thing to do, but I'm very proud of the new house that we've got. You can brag to me, dude. It's okay. Yeah. But there's more people listening. Oh, I know, but it's a, it's a, let's just say Johnny grew up. I grew up. I'm a big boy now, but yeah, he's got, a, he's putting on his big, big house pants. 
Right. Well, with all this COVID shit going around and everything, they staying home all the time. We're in a, right now. We're in a neighborhood, and we got sick of being stuck in a house with no land. With well, the, let's, all five of our kids. Right. In that house that you're in, it's a nice home. It really, at the end of the it day, is, it, it is. is a nice home. But it's weird because you could be sitting in the living room, and somebody can be sitting upstairs with their door open and they could be having a normal conversation and you can literally hear everything that's being said. Yeah. Like there's no sound like there right next house. to you. It's weird. It's, it's super odd because you have two super odd. big open holes that lead upstairs. And it's just, I don't know. It's just weird. It's a weird thing. And then the neighborhood is so compact. It's like they built houses. I mean, it's literally just wide enough from house to house, not to be called a townhome. Yeah. Yeah. So, we decided, and, we got, and as you know from before, we got puppies, and uh, we decided we wanted to have some more, one more room for the puppies, and two, a sound barrier between our neighbors, and if we have to stay home for another six months, we have pl- room to spread our wings and, and do stuff on our own property and not have to worry about you know our neighbors being literally right next to us and super close. So we said, fuck it, and sold our house and found a, 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 found a, a nice one that's bigger, more land, fits everybody. And put an offer in, they bought it, and then we put our house in the market, and somebody bought it in like three days, and so now we're in the waiting grace period to start moving. Are you still there? Oh, I lost Kenrick. We lost each other. Dooby dooby doop bop Hello. That was weird. Are we back? Yeah, we're back. We're, we're back. Yeah, That's you fun. just uh, disappeared on me. Right? Uh, you, 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 no, you disappeared on me. I yeah. never left. I was right here the whole time. I was saying that... The thing, your neighborhood, the houses are so close together because they go through, you know, mm-hmm. they're just wide enough apart that you can't say it's a townhome. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 It's, it's so we got sick super of that, weird. Yeah. Well, and like the housing market is so crazy. Even though we're in a pandemic, houses in my neighborhood are selling super fast and we only bought it 15 months ago and sold it for quite a bit more than we paid for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of so weird. You guys got super, super lucky. Weird. We did. We did. I'm not going to lie. We did. But, you know, it's as but always, other than five that, kids. things are going well. I mean, yeah, uh, work-wise, things are going well. The podcast is is doing extremely well. Our website's doing well. Um, my only real complaint is that uh, as people who've listened to me talk on podcasts for a long, long periods of time um, know that I have, you know, back problems and my back's and my leg is acting up right now and has been for the last like two months. So I'm dealing with that. But besides that, I mean, things are doing pretty good. How, how's, uh, how you doing over there? Uh, you know, well... <laughs> So people don't know, we still live really close. We still see each other quite a bit. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot going on, so we haven't seen, we were seeing each other every day. Um, but the last month has been a little different because, well, work and your work and the move and the house and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, right. But it's been going all right, you know? Uh, no yeah. no real huge complaints, that's for sure. You know what I mean? Good. Yeah. I mean, Good. we're in the process of starting to look for a house now. Nice. Which is exciting and, you know, new. You know what's going to happen? Hmm. I'm going to move and you're going to help me move. And then, like, by the time we're recovered from my move, you're going to be like, all right, well, time, time to move me. Yep. Totally. Totally. And that's, that's totally fine. Yep. But yeah. Or we're going to be on vacation while you're moving. <laughs> then I'm going to be on vacation while you're moving, too, then. There you go. I hate helping people move. I'll be honest. I do. Because yeah. I because I don't ask people to help me move, you know, because I don't want to help people move. 
Trust me, I, as, as a kid who had a van growing up, do you know how many people I moved in my van? Oh, dude, oh I God. had a pickup. And it was a small pickup, but it was a, you know, it did the deed. And yeah. constantly, can you help me get this? Can you help me get that? It's like, oh, my God, no. I finally just started being a jerk. I said, no, I just can't. But no, I, I, I'm busy that day. Yeah, I have to wash my I'm hair. I'm busy that day. Well, can I borrow your truck? No. Fuck no. Yeah, that's the <laughs> weird thing. Was, was That's small town mentality right there. Yeah. Oh, your you're truck? doing something, but I, I'm sure I can borrow your truck, right? Right. <laughs> Unless your family or like my best friend, no. <laughs> Even then, man, I'm just like, no. Because my first car, my mom, you know, I was lucky. My mom bought me my first car. And I know a lot yeah. of people are like, well, sorry, but she did. Look at her fancy pants over here. <laughs> right? Uh, but when my sister's car broke down, guess who lost their car? Uh, you? Yeah. Yeah. And it happened all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you should drive me nuts but at the same time looking car. back now is such an entitled prick you know what i mean yeah why are you getting mad when your sister has you know two kids and a you know right and a not so nice husband let's put it that right way. <laughs> that's one way to put it yeah you know and she needed it and she needed to get to work and you know and i'm just having fun going to school nothing you know no care in the world right not right, really. You're, you're highfalutin. <laughs> and then get so upset because I'd lose my car that I don't pay for. It didn't pay for the gas. Didn't pay for insurance. <laughs> but get so upset about it. Well, I mean, such an entitled jerk. You're entitled to that, right? It's yours, damn it. <laughs> I'm sure you are dealing with that right now with your 17 year old. <laughs> well, except for he doesn't have a car, but he sure thinks he should have one. He, he thinks he should have the like the, some. He was asking for like a fancy convertible yesterday. I'm like, what makes you think you're going to get a fucking convertible, dude? Dude, you get a 1972 Mustang II. Yeah, it's six lucky. cylinder. Odd. <laughs> dude, it's like, I don't know. I, I love my kids, but man, there's, there's something to be said about growing up in an area where. <laughs> well, you love them around 10 p.m. when they're going to bed. <laughs> right. No, that's when I like them. I love them all day long. I like them at 10. No, I'm kidding. I always love my kids. So, we were having an interesting conversation the other day. Yeah. And I want to ex- see if we can expound on this. I will try. When you're looking, remember. and this is a comic book thing. And, I, and this is really, this is totally in the comic book realm that this happens in. Yeah. I don't think it happens m- very much else. But when you look at a book and you say, who's the artist? You automatically assume the penciler. True. Yeah. When really everybody who's worked on that book in a creative form is an artist. In their own right, yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? So it's always interesting. It, I, I think it's interesting. It's an, it's a weird dichotomy that uh, the comic book culture has bent certain things to. Like, there's words that mean things to only people who are in comic books. When I said, is it in a slab? Right. Is it slabbed? Is it yeah. slabbed? You know exactly. Is it floppy? You know exactly yeah, what floppy. I'm saying. Yeah, I know exactly what those mean, but somebody outside of the outside of that world wouldn't know what the hell that means. Yeah, it's a weird lexicon. It's really just funny. Weird. Which is funny is we had to. So we have to get insurance on the new house we're buying, right? And okay. one of the things we ask about for home insurance is, do, do you cover collectibles and comic books? Because I have a collection that's worth a little bit of money, right? And it's like two dollars. Like it, it's like four dollars now. Craymon, it's gone up. But no, but one of the questions they ask You're is, can you get up. them right? <laughs> can you get them appraised, and can you get them certified, right? Because they're collectibles, right? And, right. and Kaylee, on the, it was funny because Kaylee, my wife, is on the phone talking to him. She's like, "Well, you can." However, that puts them into a slab, 
And then she's like, then she had to explain what a slab was to the person on the phone and explain that when you grade a comic book and slab it, yeah, it certifies it as a certain condition for value, but it also means you can no longer read it or look at it. And she's explaining this to the insurance person. Then she's like, and also to expand upon that, if we do go through and slab all the collection, then not only is that going to cost us like $5,000 or whatever to do just, just to slab that. the books. Right. right five, the slab your whatever. collection, it's no less than 30 grand. Yeah. But no then again, it would also it would also quadruple the value of the collection if I did that. Yeah. So then the insurance would be super high on it. Right. And they're like, oh, well, can you get it? Then she said, can you get him appraised? And she goes, yeah, you can get him appraised. And Kelly goes, this whole deal of like, yes, you get them appraised. However, the appraisal from shops is going to be different from appraisal from a private collector. So it's like, it's hard to get them appraised. You got to find somebody who's actually going to be appraising them, not at a, I'm going to buy them from you and make money value, but a, what they're worth to replace value. Right. Like, she's like, she, she was, it's funny because she was explaining there's a difference between the two. Right. <laughs> which is, which I think is, I married the right person. So. <laughs> so she was like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. I'm, I, I didn't have to say anything. I'm just saying the whole time. Well, yep. Yep. Uh-huh, and then what'd uh-huh. they say at the end? <laughs> Uh, they said that um, they'll, the, she had to ask her supervisor a question about it, but she said they'll, they'll probably be able to do it if we have uh, if you have an itemized similar to when I had them, when I had them stolen before and I had to put in a claim form. If you have an itemized list with um, uh, what you, you know current like, you know current saleable values to replace that they can cooperate to. And last time what I did is I just I gave them two values. I gave them the the average eBay value and then like I gave them the um, an average value from like Go Collect so some online reputable. I think it was Go Collect or comic book values. I can't remember. This is like six, four or five years ago. Um, like price guides out online. Yeah. And I said, here's what it's price guided for. Here's what it's selling for. Here's the median. Here's the, you know, the average between the two. And the person last time just took it and she went, she went through and she validated all of them and said, I only found three of them, three of them that were a difference. It was only a difference of $10 total. So we're fine. <laughs> nice. So nice. It, they're, they're probably gonna do the same thing. Cause I, you know, we keep them insured because mostly, honestly, if they weren't my dad's books, I probably wouldn't really care too much. I, mean, I care, yeah. but it's like, they don't have, I mean, comic books have similar value for a certain reason, but I mean, I don't have anything. There's only a few that great. I really, really am like, yeah, like 99% of my collection, I, I'm fine reading digitally. Exactly. Same. You know, I love the, I mean, I still love having a comic book in my, I still prefer that way of reading, yeah. having in my hand, flipping the pages. It's just, I don't know. Like when I read it on, when I read something online, there's a lot of times I won't finish. Right. When I read a easy, book in my hand, I always finish. Well, it's easy to get distracted online too. Yeah. So, yeah. but to, but to ba- go back to the question, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a, it's an odd thing that when I say, Hey, did you read Canto? Who's the artist? You automatically assume drew who was the guy that penciled it. Well, he drew did all of it. That's a bad example. <laughs> he was the artist. Well, but David Boward wrote it. Well, he, he wrote it. Yeah. So I'm coming from, but that's, that's the point though. Yeah. So that one, not to say that writing isn't an art form because it absolutely is. Yeah. But we usually, typically when you say who is the artist, you're talking visual arts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I guess that it's not conditioned to just comic books. I think that's true when you're looking at paintings, when you're looking at anything, you, yeah. you know, you think of them as artists. But it's just yeah. weird because an artist is not reflect is, is does not just mean one medium. No, exactly not. And what is kind of good when you look at comic books, they do credits. You know, they they do credit out as penciler, or inker, or, yeah. you know, colors with that. It's just it's just colloquialism within the within the collector's world, right, or the reader's world. Why but, is the? Go ahead. Oh, okay, but it's 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 interesting because 
you know, there's, there, you know, there's plotters, there's writers, there's scripters, there's pencilers, there's inkers, there's colorists, there's letterers, there's um, flatters, there's finishers, there's painters, and yeah. there's people who do all of it. And all of them, as you mentioned, it's all, they're all artists in some way on the book. But if you say artists, they consider it to be the penciler generally because the penciler is the one that creates the skeletal form or the base form of how everything is going to look. Everything is dependent upon how the penciler draws it for the most part. Right. Now you, you run into some scenarios where you'll have colorists where the, the level of skill of the colorist will you know change the art to be, to go from one style to being, Oh my God, totally different. But in general, the penciler lays down the, the skeleton and the bones of how everything's going to look. Right. And then the other ones on top of it, add, you know, add the flourishes to make it look, you know, better. It's a, it's an odd, it's weird. Like never in my wildest dreams growing up when I read a comic book, I don't think I understood the credits, right? What each one was doing. Right. I don't think I understood that there was, there's a layer to making a book and that, you know, it's built, you know, it's very much a collaborative thing and it's, and you have layers of abilities being built on to, to create this final formatted book. Yeah. And it's weird. Like in my head, I'm like, if you, pencil the picture then you're gonna ink the picture and you're gonna color the picture you're you know you're gonna do the whole thing (laughs) right it's like at what point does someone say hey i'm just gonna it's like i feel like it had to have started like way back when they had the bullpens and they're like we just gotta hurry up and get the stuff so if you pencil it assembly line and then i'm gonna push it down yeah the assembly line then you're gonna you're gonna ink over it so we don't have to worry about that. And I can start doing the other part. And then you're going to color it while he's inking this. And and now it's just become the norm. Yeah. And it's it's it, it's funny because in it's, it's a really cool way of doing things. You can get you can pump out a lot more, right? Because if you yeah. can because a writer can write, you know, honestly, a writer can put out, you know, three, four books a month, right? You know, a writer who's proficient, right? I mean, one to two issues is probably pretty easy relatively to write I think a, month. A, a writer can do it. I think a great writer is a rarity that can create great stories on each yeah. one. Yeah. You know what I mean? I bet you more often than not, there's one good one and then three so-so ones. Probably. You know, um, but looking, I don't know. Looking at, from, looking at it from a monetary point of view, right? The writer can pump out more a month than the, the penciler can. The penciler can probably, usually most pencilers can put out, you know, 22 to 30 pages a month of work. Um, usually it's about, you know, a little over one page every day and a half or so, um, for, for speed wise. And then like an inker can probably ink, you know, more than one issue's worth of books a month if they're a proficient inker and then colorist or a, a flatter and a colorist can probably about the same. So I mean, like look at it from a, from a, uh, uh, how much you can make doing the job aspect, right? The writer can pump out more per month, but the people who are doing the visual arts of it have, it takes longer to do that for the most part. Not, I mean, that's not counting in the time to, this is a hard argument because if you talk to writers, they'll, they'll, they'll debate you all to hell on this about what takes longer to do writing or the artwork. But, you know, even if you count in the fact that you have to come up with a story, build a lexicon, build the story Bible, stuff like that, and then start writing the issues. I mean, that takes a lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of talent, but when it comes to actually drawing the comic, you know, that's, it's continuously, um, continuously long work. So long term, if you're doing like 12 issues a year, once the writer has the base groundwork of what they're writing and knows where they're going with things, 
it's just a matter of putting it down onto the the, the into the, the paper for the for the artist or the pencil and stuff to to put down. But then the the pencil's level of effort doesn't really get less by doing all doing a bunch of pre work unless they're doing like copy paste and and you know reusing artwork. They still have to redraw that character, you know, a thousand times. Whereas once the writer creates that character, they have that character and just have to write that character, you know. Right. So, yeah, it's 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 interesting dichotomy of how things of how comics are made, how things work out. Which is one of my favorite parts about being a creator and working on stuff myself is 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 working with people. I mean, I I've got stuff that I've done all myself, and you know, I've write, penciled, inked, colored, whatever. But I like working with people because I feel like when you have you know somebody write something and somebody else pencil it and draw it and stuff, you get this certain level of um, joint effort into a work, especially with something that everybody's into and, and likes like to throw my own book into the thing when I was working on Ein's anthology, right? Especially with like, even with like your story, I color, I colored your story and Galeski, you know, um, he penciled and inked it because uh, he did it all digitally. Um, but just working on that story together, you know, it's, it's a, it's a good, it, the collaborative effort there. It's a lot of fun and you, you get different results. Like, you know, if if you had wrote that story and let's and you know, you had drawn it yourself, you know, saying assuming you were drawing comics, right? It would look different than having Galeski draw it. And if we had anybody else color it, it would look different than having me color it. So you get this, you get this, this, uh, this ending picture. It's different. Like the stories that I wrote for the book, like Camelot's, uh, Camelot's gifts and stuff that I wrote, I had Rick Bugby draw it, but you know, he drew it in a way that I could never draw myself. Yeah. And Dennis Karen colored it in a way that I could never color myself because I never would have thought of doing it that way. So I, I like the assembly. Like I appreciate people like Stefan Frank who do everything themselves. It's it's amazing at the level of what Stefan Frank works and the level of uh, of oh, quality. Oh shit! Okay, what was that? Did you hear that? Yeah. Oh jeez, man! Something popped <laughs> up on my computer and just started playing. I was like, oh my god! And you, you know what I mean? I'm hitting the X and it's not going. It's just like, oh. I thought you were like playing the, the get done music. So stop talking music. I'm like, no. fine. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. I'm saying the Oscars. <laughs> right? Uh, so just to finish my thought there, and then you can play your music for me, uh, is that, you know, like Stephen Frank, it does, it does, he's an all-encompassing, incredible talent. He does it all. Right. And it's amazing. And not a lot of people can do that at his level. But when you have people working together, you get – Sometimes you get good results and great results. Sometimes they're not so good. You have, you know, cause you and I have read stories from people who've asked us to review their books. It's like one of the two is really good or either the writing is really good and, or the art and the art is terrible or the art is amazing, but the writing is just like, what the hell? Yeah. So what happens more often do you think? Um, well, not to, not, not to throw a, throw shade at, at a bunch of at indie writers out there, but it's easier to write an indie story than it is to draw one. Yeah. And that's just, it's just truth, right? When you're, when you're first starting out, uh, in comics, especially currently, a lot of what people do, and this is not everybody's story, but a lot of people do is they try to get in anthologies, right? Right. Short stories and anthologies just to get their name out there and get published. I've done it. Um, you just did an anthology. Right. right. But I mean, it sounds like I, stuff I've worked on in other anthologies. Yeah. I did a couple of them. Um, I didn't really do any anthologies until after I've been doing web comics for freaking ever, just doing all my own stuff. But, you know, a lot of writers will, they'll, they'll write short stories or they get into anthologies and they'll write quick short stories. And at the time they're working on, they're, they, they, they're, they love them. They're really good. However, they're not written at a level of what, you know, a pro would write them. Because if, you know, if you, if you talk to like somebody who's, you know, like like a Jay Ferber or a Scott Snyder or somebody who's writing a story, if they're writing a story, right. there's a lot of background stuff going into that story. A lot of prep work into it. Right. A lot of people who write for anthologies, and again, this is not a knock on writers or fly. anthologies. Off the cuff. Right. 
off the cuff stuff. And a lot of them can be really good, right? Sure. I mean, I've read a, I've read a lot of anthologies that have a lot of really amazing stories in them. Um, but they don't have that depth to them a lot of times. And some do, some don't. I mean, I don't want I don't want people to be like, oh, he's just shitting on indie. I mean, I'm an indie guy myself. So if I'm doing that, I'm shitting on You're myself. Not shitting on whatever. anybody. Right. I'm just it's a matter of fact. This it's is how easier you see to go. It. Right. It's easier to go and uh, and submit to a, a you know some indie anthology and say, hey, I got a story idea about this. It's eight pages, and then write those eight pages. Then it is to get that same eight pages as an an artist and then draw those eight pages. So basically you're saying you find that you, you see good writing more than you see good art or good drawing. Um, Cause I, I, that, I could say it like this to me, basic. So writing as a whole, you know, either you have it or you don't. Right. Yeah. And the people that sit down and actually go through and write a story out more often than not, they're good writers over bad writers. There's bad writers out there. But yeah, if sure. you have the talent enough to actually think through the story and do it, then you know, you're gonna do it. Where yeah. with when it comes to penciling and inking and all that, I find that some people think <laughs> there's no easy way to say this. Some people just think they're better than they are. Right? They see their Agreed. own art. And they they draw and like oh this is this is you know this is great or because their friends and their family tell them it's it's amazing right because right? no one wants to give somebody nobody wants to really give somebody really bad news you know no when it comes to nobody that wants to say now that looks like shit yeah although you can yeah, say that it's a lot hard nicer, to say but, that and so so that yeah. builds you up and and sometimes people just need that because it gets them to another level because they keep doing it. And then yeah. they do get better, you know? Some people, there's a plateau, you know? And I've just seen the plateau enough to be like, yep. you've plateaued. This is where you're at. And on top of that, sometimes somebody's um, style isn't what everybody's looking for at the moment. And that's right. not a bad thing. Because we've talked to artist after artist, after artist I'm saying it now, artist after artist after artist that has almost all of them had the same type of story where they were asked to draw like somebody else. Yeah. And then they, and draw, then they no. work their ass off to draw like somebody else. And then, Oh, well now we're, everybody's drawing like this person. And it's not yep. until they draw how they draw their own yep. style that it catches on. You know what I mean? And it just takes time. But the thing is, is your style might not be something that anybody ever really likes or want. Right. They, they might like it, but they might not be like, I want to, purchase that on a month to month basis, you right. know, or even a commission from it, you know, they're right. like, Oh, exactly. that guy's got talent, but it's, it's not, not Jim Lee talent. Exactly. You know, and that's hard because I mean, and, and I'm just saying not Jim Lee talent because uh, Jim Lee has a very, he has a very specific style, a very copied style. Yeah. And the thing is, is not you can that, look not at, that he copied it, but that people copied yeah, him, but you can look at someone like Jason, Sean Alexander, who we just had on the show, um, and his, yeah. his comes out here in about a month or so. You can go and look him up. That guy has many different styles that encompass what he does. He does yeah. fine art. He does paintings. He does, he does a lot of different things, but the guy is uber talented. You know, he's, that's right. like a, he's a one in a generation kind of guy. Yeah. Well, like a, like, a, like a Kelly Jones. Yeah. Like a Kelly Jones. Exactly. And it's, it's interesting when, when you, when we go through, because I find the same thing. Usually the, the writing is okay. And the writing can be curtailed almost always by either bad drawing or crappy lettering. 
Dude, lettering, letterists out there who do a good job, you are the unsung heroes of the fucking comic world. Oh, big time. Big time. They should have freaking Eisner Awards for letterers. Uh, they do. They oh, do. good. See, that's how uh, smart I, mean, I am. Not, not, I'm not going to say the name of the comic book, but there was a there, when we first started, we got asked on Instagram to review a book, <laughs> and yeah. we both read it. You tried, and you stopped after about, I think- Two pages. Two, three two pages. pages. Couldn't do it. I suffered through and read the entire four issues of the art uh, of what was out. And the and art was cool. The art was the art reminded me of Double Dragon. Yeah, it was unique. Yeah, it was very unique. But I, I messaged him back and I was like, "Look, your story is solid. Your art is is unique. Your lettering is terrible and it's unreadable. It is literally unreadable." I had to reread pages three or four times to figure out what the hell was going on. Yeah, and I I, I offered to help him out with it, but they ended up. I mean, they, they end up like stopping what they were doing, whatever. I don't know what they, where they went with it, but it was just a matter of, you know, they had, the artist was lettering it. The artist was used to reading manga, right? It, yeah. And this is a, a Western style comic. And so it was all lettered like a manga, but it was back. It was just wasn't formatted right. And a lot of stuff was they just needed messed a up. They need to letter us. Yeah. And, you know, I, I hired Nikki Powers to letter Ian's anthology and she did, uh, she, 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 she did all the stories. Job. Yeah. It's great because the lettering of a book literally sets the pace of how you read it. Yep. I mean, the writer has some say in how things get lettered, you know, because how they note things in their writing. But the one, the person who puts those letters on the page yep. and creates those balloons and the sound effects, that sets the tone for the book. And without that, if, if that's not done right, the book's going to be crap. 100%. And, and most people just don't even realize what a good letter it is. No, they don't. They never do. Yeah. So I guess if I have a tip for anybody out there who's trying to make their own comic book, yeah, even though you think you can do it, hire a letterer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hire a letterer. If you're going to yeah. pay money for your book to be made, <clears throat> unless you've been done. doing it, unless you've been lettering and, and, and looked up the, the stuff on it and, you know, taking your time to figure it out. Same as, same as you would do is trying to write a story or draw a book uh, for lettering. You know, get somebody who, who knows what they're doing to letter your book. Cause it will change. It'll make it night and day better. Yeah. Case in point, I did a, I did a eight page story for, um, for an anthology a couple years ago. And at first I lettered it myself because I've been lettering web comics for my own, my own web comics for 16 years, you know, it was whatever I'd been doing it, but those were all joke, you know, yeah. humor comics are different than action comics. Right. So I lettered it myself and then I got done and then I sent it over to Nikki Powers and said, Hey, can you letter this real quick? And like, she made the, my version look like it was amateur hour. <laughs> so, and it was, you know, so that's, that's, it's important. It is important. It is important. There's a lot of aspects that goes into making a book and you can't, each one is as important as the last. Yeah. And that's the thing that there's not one part of the book. That's not as important as the other part. You know, some no. just get more fanfare. I mean, if you had a colorist without a pencil or ink, it'd be kind of weird because you have colors on the page, but <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's totally true. <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's true. Cause each, each piece, each part plays an important part in the, in, in the final product, you know, cause the, you know, if you, if you have an amazing writer, an amazing penciler, and you're bringing somebody who's brand new to inking, they're, they're going to ruin the book. Or if you have, you know, a good writer, a good penciler, and a good inker, and you're bringing somebody into color is, and it's, it's say you're writing a crime noir book, and they color it like it's a Nickelodeon show, right. it's, it's not going to look right, you know? <laughs> it, well, it's a one in a million that can, like, jump onto a project that's never inked, and then they ink, and it's, and it's amazing. I mean, that's right, just somebody right. that's born to do it. Right. And, and, and pro tip, if you want to be an inker for comic books, go online and print out as many pencil pages as you can. Just practice. Just ink everything you can. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's, that's how you do it. Because it's, it's not just tracing. 
is not just tracing. There's a lot more to it because you have to add embellishments. You have to add, you have to know how to add blacks and add a negative space and, and, and positive space. There's a lot of work to it. I mean, a lot, a, a good portion of it is you are technically tracing over what the penciler did, but you're not just tracing. your. I don't know, man. I've seen some tight. rough, rough yeah. pencils. And there then the are. inker takes it and it looks, it, it looks completely different and better. Yeah. Yeah. Inking is not, a, I mean, it's like Carl Kessel, man. That man, that man can ink with a brush like no tomorrow. Yeah. It's like Jerry Ordway, same way. Yeah. It's, it's, it's incredible. So don't, and Scott Williams too, he's an amazing inker as well. Yeah. So damn it, Kevin Smith, they're not just, they're not just tracers. <laughs> Although I gotta tell you for a long time, that's what I thought. Cause I watched that movie. Young, because of chasing like, oh, Amy? Just, yeah, yeah. Just fucking tracers, man. Stupid tracers. Oh man. Until you like try it and you're like, oh, this is right. what I thought. Yeah, but then I fell in love with it, and I love inking. I, yeah. I I love inking my work. I love inking other people's work. I love coloring other people's work. I found I I found that I really love to color stuff. So. Yeah, I think that's your. I think that's where you should concentrate. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm surprisingly good at it. So, not surprisingly, I don't necessarily like penciling too much because it gets boring. I don't yeah. know why. Oh, that's but then interesting. I like, I like adding the embellishments. I like adding the details. That's what I like. Which is which is which is inking and coloring. Yeah, yeah, man. So, when does the books start shipping? We get, you got them in. Oh, dude, it's I, I I spent the last week over at my mom's house because mom's going through cancer right now, so I yeah. spend time with her, and she's getting a longer move and stuff. She's not dying, and so just, but I'm spending time with her before her surgery. And she said, "Have surgery, then I'll be there again." Um, but I took all the books, not all. I took all the books for people who had bought them through Kickstarter, and um, as of the recording of this, uh, over see, there's over half of them have been packed up and are going out into mail um, this week. They're that's awesome. packed up. They're signed. They have all the all the only signed by stuff you. I didn't sign anything yet. Well, these are the ones. Yeah. The, well, the the multi signed one. I, I haven't packed up the multi signed ones. Like, I gotta take them to you. I gotta take them to Greg Smith. I gotta I gotta get them. They gotta they gotta make the rounds. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. But yeah. So the first the first two batches of books are packed up and ready to go, and they're getting labeled and, and mailed out this week. Well, there you go. And then I've uh, I, I'm slowly working on getting the Ein's Anthology Book Two Kickstarter ready to go to launch that when I. After I get in the new house, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Man, I'm uh, I'm tired, dude. Dude, it's hot. It's been a long week. Yeah, I'm exhausted. Yeah, I'm exhausted. Let's cut this one short. Well, I mean, it's a full episode all about you know what is art? What is an artist? That's our title. What is an artist? Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, definitive, the definitive answer by Kendrick and John. <laughs> yeah, definitive. This is canon, people. Yeah, canon. This canon, is life canon for your life. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> well, man, right. I think that's a show. That's that a show. is a show. We're both tired and we're yeah. done. And if you want more tired episodes. <laughs> or not tired ones. If you want exciting episodes. We're all exciting yay. ones. Head over to spoilerverse.com. We've got a ton of back issues for you to peruse. I think you'll find many things that you'll love. We also have a ton of other podcasts there that have a lot of their own issues. That sounds funny, but they do. I like it. And that's just not figuratively. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> check them all out because you'll probably find quite a few things that you're you're gonna love. You will. And while you're up there, you you definitely, definitely, definitely need to go and click on that store link and go check out our store and buy a t-shirt, a hoodie, a mask, whatever. Um, we get a couple dollars out of that and it helps us, you know, pay the bills because this shit ain't free, man. I mean, it's free for you, but it ain't free for us. One hundred. All right, guys. But, what you got? Something else? No. No. I was just going to say, in the notions of podcasts, we are Cthulhu. That's Cthulhu. Can- I told you. That's Cthulhu. That's Cthulhu.
Like, great. 